Welcome, everybody, to episode number three of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. I am Christian, alongside my partner, Chris. So, How's it going this week? <laughs> uh, I feel pretty good. I can't, com- I can't complain. So, um, the world was abuzz because there was a big fight that took place since the last time that we talked to each other. Yeah. Pay-per-view match. Pay-per-view match. Romine. Uh... Romine versus Cabrera. In the Motor City Showdown. So, um, you know, I I always say this so you guys get a a time reference for what we're doing here. We record Tuesday. Podcast comes out Wednesday. So it's been, uh, by the time this gets released, it's been six days since the fight. But it's the biggest topic going around the Yankees right now. uh, Especially since we haven't had a chance to talk about it on the podcast. Um, So basically, if you've been living under a rock... Uh, there was a huge scrap at the Yankee game uh, last Thursday to, against the Detroit Tigers. Uh, you know, it all started when um, Gary Sanchez, who has been on fire as of late, uh, hit his fourth home run of that three-game set, and Michael Fulmer decided he was going to hit Gary Sanchez with a pitch. And then uh, Tommy Canely said, not on my watch, I'm going to protect my teammate. Threw one behind Miguel Cabrera, and then uh, all hell broke loose. You know, you know what angered me was the if you watch the series before in New York, New York, yeah, they who they hit Matuk or however the hell you Mikey say Mikey Matuk got hit twice, idiot. I believe. I in can't that. stand him. He was on the Rays before. He was on the Rays. Yeah, uh, so they hit him twice, and then. So then Cabrera starts getting a little aggravated in the dugout. Uh, Ellsbury gets up later on that game. He takes one in in the butt, right? They did it fair and square. They, you know, not that Mata got hit intentionally, but, you know, you come inside on my team. We're going to come back in and, and get one of your guys. They get Ellsbury. And as he's going down to first base, Cabrera kind of throws his hands up like, well, what, I mean, what'd you expect, man? That's baseball, right? But. When it happens to Miguel scumbag Cabrera, it's all of a sudden not okay, right? Because he had to keep going and instigating Romine, and now all of a sudden uh, Gary Sanchez is the is somehow the the scumbag of this whole brawl with the cheap shots. But I don't mind it. All right, here's my issue with Gary Sanchez. Before we get into everything else, since you brought it up, it's just a bad look for him. There are these guys are scrapping on the ground. No one's paying attention to him, and he's throwing hooks at these guys on the ground. If he squared up a guy one on one and he wants to throw haymakers, that's one thing. But it's a really dirty look to have a guy hauling off on somebody, and that guy's not even looking back at you. So let me ask you something. Yeah. If Cabrera doesn't do what he did, which was completely uncalled for. Is Sanchez throwing hooks at guys that aren't paying attention? All right. I understand your point there. My point is, right, people, everyone in this country now, right, this seems to be what everyone what everyone does. We don't look at the main source anymore. We look at what bothered us the most. So for most people, everyone looking in on this fight is bothered by Gary Sanchez doing what he did because it was pretty awful, right? But why don't we ever put blame on on, on something that, you know, Cabrera, if Cabrera didn't do what he does, we're not even talking about Sanchez. And I think Major League Baseball got that 
point of it because Cabrera got the the most games at seven of of his suspension. But I just think a bigger deal should be made that first of all, Cabrera wasn't even hit, right? And, and I'll bet my life the next pitch was gonna be something over the plate. They weren't gonna do it again. They missed their opportunity. They're gonna move on, and. All of a sudden, he's out of nowhere, just in the face of Romine, doing what he did, shoved him, and, and immediately throws a punch. I'm right. glad Sanchez came out and did what he did. I understand what you're saying, that if Cabrera didn't do what he did, then Sanchez isn't in the position to do what he did. But you're a father. You have two young children. Aren't you going to teach your kids two wrongs don't make a right? There wasn't two but the one, there was one wrong. Yeah, there was one wrong. There was one wrong. And then and Sanchez. Guess what? <laughs> guess what? All right. So you 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 have a son, right? Your son is watching him, his two friends get into a fight. <laughs> and then he just starts kicking the crap out of a guy on the ground. The guy on the ground was also part of the fight. It's just... It, look, I'm not... It, I don't condone fighting. It's, not, it's neither here nor there. I'm not there. saying Sanchez is, is right for what he did. It's just All a- I'm saying is let's not let's stop let's stop focusing so much on what Sanchez did because it made him look bad, and let's focus on a guy who, in our lifetime, is probably arguably one of the greatest hitters we'll ever see, right? A guy who he might not have what it takes to say he's the face of baseball by any means, but he's in the discussion of one of the best hitters, just not of our time, but. Of all time. No. And this is a guy who is a veteran who has experience, who has been in these situations before, and he's going to turn around and get Romine to a point where he's got to throw his mask off? Give me a break. He's 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 in the wrong. In my opinion, everyone else involved isn't at that point. When you're out on that baseball field, I've been in a, I've been in a bench clearing brawl in college. And by that, I mean I was in the bullpen and I was too fat to make it. So you didn't do David Robertson wind sprints? <laughs> no. I try. I thought I was. But what I'm saying is you don't – no one – everyone sits back and they're so quick to judge and they're so quick to say he's right and he's wrong. You've never been in that situation. I'm not saying I've been in a major league brawl, but you know what? When you're on a baseball field at a, at a collegiate level, it's very competitive. And when that happens, there, there's nothing that you're thinking of other than protecting yourself and protecting your team. And there's a lot of emotions in baseball. Not many guys show it. More guys now show it than in the past. But there's a lot of emotions on the baseball field. And a baseball team is arguably the closest out of any sport. Uh, and when that when that stuff goes down, there's nothing holding back. All right. So we I think we can agree upon the fact that Sanchez could have handled himself differently in that situation. He said he was out there to protect his teammates. Well, why not pull Nick Castellanos off whoever he was fighting, or pull Cabrera off Romine? I mean, you he, he could have no fun. <laughs> so he deserved to be suspended. He really, I mean, it, there's no two ways about it. He threw, a, I, yeah, he, he threw, a, he threw a punch on the field. He deserved to be suspended. How about real quick? How about uh, Frazier, Clint Frazier, and. Uh... Garrett Cooper. Garrett Cooper. Did did their fines come out? They got fined, by the way, because they were um, they were on the, the DL and they came and it's the technically field. the field of play at that point. I don't know what they could have been fined. I would assume it's probably not that much, but it's unfortunate. You know, hopefully uh, 
Gary Sanchez will foot the bill for their fines or something, you know. Uh, but back to what I was saying is that the person who does not deserve a suspension is Austin Romine. How in the world are you supposed to sit there and let somebody punch you in the face? It's kind of like, this is the only way to compare it. Like if in school, if some punk comes up to you, right, in third grade and, and pops you in the face. And what are you supposed at to least do? In my, at least in, in, in my school growing up, you, you grew up like 20 years before I did. But when I was growing up, even if you didn't throw a punch and you were part of some random kid could have came up to you, popped you in the face, you were getting suspended also just for being part of it. That's kind of supposed to do there. Tell tell uh, the principal. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Belding, uh, Miguel hit me. Like, what do you want him to do? And you know what I give him a lot of credit for? And I always excuse my language. And I always thought it was a bitch move on Veritex part. When him and A-Rod got into the fight and he got in A-Rod's face and he never took his mask off, Romine would took his mask off and said, come on, let's go. Yeah. And I respect the hell out of him for doing that. People are saying – I've heard some people say that Romine's a punk. For, for what? For throwing his mask off. Why? And then, and then not throwing a punch but but tackling Cabrera. But, but if he threw a punch, if he threw the punch, then you'd be saying he's a punk for coming back at Cabrera. I thought he was just defending himself the proper way to avoid a suspension or an ejection. Instead of throwing a punch, well, actually, I watched a video again, and when he did get him to the ground, no, he hit him. Romine did hit him a couple times. Here, all right. And I heard uh, Romine's uh, post game, and you know what? That guy can be a New York Yankee as long as he wants to be. Yeah, he really. I mean, I have a whole new level of respect for Austin Romine. I mean, he, he wants to be a 220, uh, 20 RBI backup catcher. That's fine. You know what? He's the type of guy I want on my baseball team. I thought of something. He, they, they asked him this question. It was a really good question, and he got a little irritated with it. But the number one thing, and I forgot to even touch on this, the number one thing I took away from the fight, and I took away, I took away this fact immediately, was when, he, when Cabrera went out Romine, how disrespectful is it that this guy's brother is your teammate, right? What kind of disrespect is that to your teammate to go out there? And I know it's, I know it's a business and I know it's the heat of the moment. Do you but think that that thought process was even going through Miguel Cabrera's mind? Like Miguel Cabrera is such a, such an idiot scumbag that he probably didn't even realize they were brothers. <laughs> I, I, I used to respect the guy just for what he did. The triple crown. I mean, how great he's been. I used to just respect him for that, but I can easily say I don't give I don't give a crap what he's done on the baseball field, what he showed and what he did during that game and and caused that chaos was just completely out of line and he, and he should he, he no one should look up to that to that man ever. Can I tell you aside from actually starting the fight the number one scummy thing, most scummy thing that he did was is that he tried to snitch on Aaron Judge? Yeah, tried to that, get him suspended. That he, that he, um, I had the quote and uh, I left the paper. I, I just came back from vacation. I left the paper down on the beach. It had his exact quote that he said something to the effect of, "Why aren't you looking at Aaron Judge? He tried to choke me or punch me in the neck or what? Something, something to that effect." You started a bench clearing brawl that. Led to two more bench clear yeah. <laughs> incidents, and call and really, it, it, you can argue that 
now we have Gary Phillips on with us today, so we're gonna we we recorded an interview uh, previously with him that we're gonna play shortly, but we kind of went into the whole Batanzas thing, so we won't touch on it too much with him uh, him throwing out who was it McCann? Yeah, he hit, he hit in the head. Yeah, uh, we don't think it was intentional. Again, we're not gonna touch on it right now too much, but um, with that, because of the the high stakes and the hostility and all that. Whether it was intentional or not, the umpires threw him out of that game and that potentially... Not immediately. Not immediately, which is what bothered me. But, you know, that really took a turn for the worse for the Yankees. And then, you know what? It becomes a mental thing, too. Robertson comes in. You're scared to throw inside to these guys. He hit someone. He, he And then he didn't get he thrown, didn't get out, thrown, thrown out. You know, these guys were so inconsistent. And, you know what? I meant to say this before when I blamed Cabrera for everything. These umpires were... Sh- honestly should either lose their jobs or be fined find more than the players because they had zero control. The home plate umpire in that game, and I, his name is escaping me, he did a horrendous job controlling the situation. How does Canley not get a warning after that? How you does, can't do that in baseball. You don't just come out and toss them on when you know, when you know that they threw at Sanchez intentionally. The warning should have came down right there. If that was going to be the case, then yeah. Then you just stop it there. But I don't agree with that either. Because I think Kane- Fulmer was the point man in in the Bronx. He was the one that retaliated against uh, Ellsbury. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was Fulmer because uh, I was at that game. Severino started that game. And he hit Mikey Matuk. And then... Ellsbury got one in return. So you, if you're the umpire, you know it's not something that happened three years ago. It happened two weeks ago, three weeks ago. You guys need to be, in my opinion, they need to be aware of those types of situations. And then Gary Sanchez is coming in scorching hot, hit four home runs in the series, and then he gets hit. You know, that's where the warning is supposed to come down. No, I disagree with you. The warning, you don't just give a warning right away. Because you don't expect it to escalate that bad. You you can't just give a warning and not allow a team to retaliate. And not and we and it's funny because we just bash the Yankees for never retaliating or That's exactly what or any of that. So of course we say that and there they go. They go and retaliate uh immediately after we talked about it. It was a day that. after the podcast yeah, came out and we had, were just talking about yeah. that and so, this whole thing starts. So you know, that happens. But here now here's where it went wrong. You don't throw out Canely there. He misses Cabrera. You give a warning. That was it. You go back to playing baseball. And if that were the case, it would have really cut down on the tension. But immediately, Canley gets tossed. That fires Joe up out of the dugout. Tensions get even higher. And then, you know, then the Batanzas stuff happens. He comes, the bench is clear again. It, it's just, it got out of control. The first, after the first time the bench is clear, that umpire goes up to both both dugouts and they and he makes sure that they know it's his ball game and that and he's not gonna put up with that kind of stuff on the field and and he allowed that to happen not once not twice but three times and it completely ruined the game and i i'm someone who loves a good brawl i'll never complain about it i was pumped up watching it uh but it it got to a point where even i was like all right guys Let's finish the game. The brawl probably, you know, you can't, you can't say one way or the other that it did. But I, me personally, I think the brawl cost them the game because Robertson, who was running like his life depended on it, out of the bullpen, and then he comes into the game and he gives up three runs. Yeah. You can't say that didn't affect him because it probably maybe it did, but you don't. 
But, but I think, but I, but like I said too, it becomes a mental thing for pitchers. They're scared when you're scared to throw inside like that. It really messes up your, you know, your approach with these hitters. You can't be scared to go in just because you know if you if you mistakenly hit the guy in the hand or something, you're getting tossed from the game. These umpires, even with warnings, they need to read intent situations of the game. Because, you know, it looked bad that McCann got hit in the head. But the Yankees just tied the game 6-6. Batances is coming in. You really think he's going to try to hit somebody there? And then you don't even... And then you wait and you give like... I get it. Uh, Brad Osmus convince you to throw I get him it. Out no, he game. should have been thrown out immediately. And to your point, and, and let's move on after this. Because, again, me and you go on... We could go on for two hours talking about one subject, but uh, at the end of the day, on that on that call to throw him out of the game, you just have to think of it as what happens if they don't throw him out of the game after hitting someone in the head. How, that would that would contradict what we're saying of these umpires should have had more control. Again, it, in context, you have to know it wasn't intentional. But he still hit somebody in the head. All right, then as soon as as soon as it's, McCann hits the ground, Batances is, is out. thrown out. One hundred percent. You don't let the 100%. other manager come in and convince you to throw him that out. That took back their con- any control they thought. And they how had about him. Brad Osmus? I'm supposed to respect him as a manager now, and he's telling Gardy to go f himself. That that's was another. Pro- that's another thing that got Girardi heated. Is that another he would. You can say a lot of things about Girardi. I don't think Girardi would ever speak to another uh, opposing player like that. No, no, he he wouldn't. He respects the game too much. It it was it was a bad look on Osmus. I don't know enough of Osmus to throw any judgments out there. I mean, internally, I think he's a scumbag. I'm going to use that word a lot during. That, during that's your word of the day. I think that's the word of the day. But you know, and realistically speaking, objectively on the situation. I don't know enough about Osmus to 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 judge who he is. He got caught up in the heat of the moment. He's a he's a newer manager. He's got to learn how to conduct himself better as a manager. And then, but then after all that, Todd Frazier gets hit. Yeah, that was. <laughs> so they they had absolutely no control of the whole game. All right, so we can move on from there. But before we get into our interview with Gary, that we, we uh, pre-recorded and we're going to play for you in a few minutes. We said that baseline coming in over the weekend, Yankees had to do, take care of business, go f- at least 4-2 and two against Detroit and Seattle, and that's exactly what they did. So do you feel – we'll, we'll talk about the Kluber-Severino game in a minute. Do you feel the Yankees played well in those six games, that they, they took care of business 4-2 and two against a really bad team – and a team that's actually, you know, they're pretty decent. They're right in the middle of the wild card race. I, I honestly, for the first time in a while, I know they go. I know the Yankees go on their six game winning streaks and and whatnot. And you think you're feeling good, but this was for some reason this past week. I think it was having Castro back and seeing Bird come back and produce. You actually felt really confident in this team again, where a game. Like like last night, Monday night, where they where Kluber kind of shut them down, in a sense, you didn't you weren't as frustrated with that game, you know. It stinks. Severino actually pitched well. He gave up a couple, a few home runs, uh, and unfortunately, you know, they couldn't beat Kluber. 
um, which would have been nice. But I wasn't as frustrated with the game. I said to myself, they faced a good pitcher. They still they, actually put up a couple runs, manufactured a, a couple runs. And you know what? I actually felt good about the team still. Whereas these last losses over the last few weeks, they lost and you were like, when's this team going to come out of it? They still showed some fight against a guy who, forget who tweeted it today, but he actually has one of the best ERAs against the Yankees of all time. It was .84 coming into the game last night. Yeah, it's like 1.5 or something. That was in his last four starts. I caught that. And then he's probably, yeah, under two lifetime. No, he's he's under two. It's Actually, him and Chris Sale were one and two, which Chris Sale, we've taken care of business for the most part this year. All right, so... So let let's talk a little bit about Gary Phillips, our our guest today. Unless you had something else to say, I did. I just wanted to get into it because I saw the stat that our uh, guest last week, Katie Sharp, posted uh, that the Yankees coming into Sunday's game, they snapped their streak, had lost eleven consecutive rubber games, and you in one a previous podcast had mentioned that you actually felt good about the Yankees in a longer series, like a five-game series for the playoffs. But that would go against that. No, no, you you should listen to me again then. Okay. I said in three-game series, they've been struggling. They It was at the time when they actually not just lost 11 rubber matches or whatever. It was they haven't won, hadn't won a series in six weeks. I said they're awful in these three-game series. But if you notice, they've... I can only think of one, and it, you know it's just off the top of my head. I don't have anything right in front of me, but in these four game series, I think only against Oakland. That's the only one I could think of that they lost it three to one. They got swept in that series. They've been they've been at least splitting four game series, which I was saying if this team can make to the to the ALDS and take it into a game five, anything could happen at that point and you know all of a sudden you you find the yankees in in the championship game five a- alds is you know aside from game seven it's the ultimate rubber game knowing that the yankees are struggling in rubber games do you do you think that's a carryover effect into the playoffs or you think that once they get there it doesn't make a difference now once once they get there everything gets erased you're a different team and you know with with them being so young Maybe that's a bad thing, um, but I don't think so. I think they're. I think, I think their age is going to make them a little naive to the situation, and it's gonna, it's gonna make them explode if they can get that far. So um, that should take care of last week. Although uh, after we come back from our interview, we will have another piece of news to uh, talk about. But why don't you? Uh, Give the fans at home a little introduction to our guest this week. All right, we're gonna get on with uh, we're gonna sh- we're gonna let you listen to our interview with Gary Phillips. He's on Twitter at Gary H Phillips. Um, he does some writing for FanRag Sports and Sporting News. Uh, he it seems like this year he's been working pretty closely on covering some of the younger guys, some of the prospects, guys like Greg Bird coming back from injury and. Uh, you know, Clint Frazier, some of these, some of these younger guys. Um, we got in contact with Gary, and uh, we thought it'd be great to have him on. He's, you know, he's covering this team closely right now, so we touch on a few things. One of them being the brawl that we kind of just went over, and uh, 
kind of kind of wrapped up with where this team needs to to go moving forward to have a chance at at something something big this season so uh take a listen all right we got uh gary phillips here what's going on gary how are you man hey i'm doing good guys how are you hanging in there it'd be better if we got a win last night but what are you gonna do yeah, you know, when Severino gives gives up just a few long balls, that's all it was. A few mistakes here, but you can't afford to do that against a guy like Kluber. So. He looked he actually looked pretty good last night. It's kind of disappointing that he did make those few mistakes. But, I mean, at that point, if if you get two runs off of Kluber and, and you're giving up three, you don't deserve to win. And not only not only two runs off him, they got back-to-back hits off him late in the game, which just, you know... That alone is a feat in in and of itself, but uh, you know Jose Ramirez is a stud too, and that's a that's a hitter that I'm sure Stevy is going to be watching out for in the future. I'm sure. Now, now I know you're heading to the stadium soon. Any word uh, on the status of this game? I'm hearing possible uh, double header tomorrow if if needed. You know that's what some people are saying. Um, there's no common off days between the two teams the rest of the way, so that's the only thing that makes sense. If tonight's game gets rained out, there's supposed to be a lot of rain. It hasn't started up by me too much yet, so I want to want to get on the road before it starts coming <laughs> down, or I have to turn back. But uh, yeah, double double header could be could be in the works tomorrow. Well, that that sounds fun, but not so much for you if you take the trip there. But uh. Me and Christian, <laughs> exactly, me, and, pay, and paying for parking. There you go. Me and Christian here, uh, we've kind of been going back and forth about this fight in, in Detroit. Uh, and that's kind of where we want to start with you here because, it, of course, you know, it seems like forever ago, but since we last recorded, this has been the main topic of discussion, I'd say. Uh, my first question to you is, you, you know, you're pretty close to the team here. What's your take on on baseball brawls. I mean, and me personally, I, I like them. I think it's necessary when someone gets in your face and shoves you and, and you know, starts swinging punches, starts throwing punches there. I think it's necessary to stand up for yourself to to defend your team and, and you know, get a little scrappy on the field. Well, before I answer your question, I just want to say that there was no better matchup on the Mayweather-McGregor undercard than <laughs> Roman versus Miggy. Uh, I mean, w- what a great lead-up to that fight on Saturday. But, but to get into what you're saying, my, my thought on them is, you know, fights are good for the game. They're good for fans. They're fun. They add some unusual, you know, unexpected excitement. At the same time, they're simultaneously stupid. Um, and I think I think you can enjoy them and find them to be nonsensical at the same time, which is kind of my take on them. You know, sure. you got guys that are grown men, you know, athletes, guys that hit the weight hit the weight room every single day, just throwing haymakers. Um, and you're lucky that nobody got hurt. And the same thing goes for when you're throwing, you know, 99 mile per hour fastballs at people's hips and their heads, and you know, you're lucky there wasn't any more serious damage. And you saw a few players came away with bruises. I think uh, either Nick Castellanos or Jose Iglesias on the Tigers had an injury to his hands. So so you're lucky there wasn't more there. But at the same time, you know, 
I was always somebody when I was playing, and not that I ever played beyond high school, but when I felt my teammates were being disrespected, you wanted to stand up for them. And I had teammates that stood up for me. And you definitely do that. On It is part of the game. And I know a lot of people on the outside looking in say that's stupid or it's childish and immature. But when when you get down to the – when you boil it down, that that is part of the culture. So – I thought the fight last week was very entertaining. Um, I'm glad that on both sides nobody was more seriously hurt, though. Yeah, a question here. Um, the damage may not have been done physically to any of ball player that was involved in the ball, but it would seem that the damage is coming to the Yankees in the form of the suspensions that were handed out. I know Miguel Cabrera got the longest suspension at seven games, but the Tigers are pretty much out of it at this point. Um you know, Sanchez is going to miss four games right now. Romine's going to miss two games unless their uh, suspensions get reduced. Uh, do you think that the suspensions were fair? Do you think some guys got away easier than others? Or do you think there should have been more suspensions coming out I, of the fight? I thought, everything, I thought everything was fair for the most part. My, my three takeaways from it are I think Sanchez deserved more than four games. Um, I don't know, you know. I, I wouldn't put a number on what I say. It would be more. Just four seems a little, little light. Basically, basically one or two games for every cheap shot that he threw. Um, <laughs> I, I thought he, I thought he deserved a little more than that. I was surprised Dylan DeBetances didn't get suspended either. Not that I think he deserved to, because I don't, I don't think it was intentional when he beamed McCann in the head at all. But I was surprised he didn't come away with a suspension. So the Yankees actually got lucky there. And then yeah, my just third takeaway was just, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, just given the context, and I agree with you, I don't think Patances did that intentionally. If he did, then I'd, I'd be angry with him because, you know, it's a 6-6 six, right. six game at that point. But I think just given the context, given the fact fact that the umpire felt necessary to throw him out of the game, I was actually shocked, too, that he didn't get a game, at least a game up into an appeal that maybe turned into just a fine or something. I don't know. I, I, I was shocked that he didn't get at least a game. I think that's Major League Baseball and it's cooler heads looking at the game situation, looking at his reaction and realizing, you know what, it wouldn't have made a lot of sense if he was throwing the ball intentionally there. And if he is, I mean, that's, you know, you're talking about somebody's <laughs> livelihood throwing a pitch that fast right. somebody said. And just going back to Sanchez, just his reaction after that pitch. Again, another reason maybe he should have gotten a few more games because when the Tances are saying, my bad, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to, Sanchez is out there waving his gloves, smirking, and saying, "All right, you want to, you guys want to go for round two? Bring it on!" Right. And then my third thing with it, I just thought Brad Ausmus deserved more than one game. I mean, here you have a guy who, in that last bench clearing, he's inciting Brett Gardner. He's allegedly cursing at him, instigating. He's got to remember, he's not a player anymore. It's his job to be level-headed and calm things down there. Right. Uh, I I have to agree with you there. Uh, I I think all in all, I think the suspensions were fair. Um, I didn't have a problem with it, but you know, at the end of the day, as as exciting and as exhilarating as that fight was, uh, the Yankees still have a lot of business to take care of. Uh, not just this series with with the Indians, but we have a arguably the most important series in the last handful of years coming up against the Red Sox. Uh, I feel like every time the Yankees start a new series, I'm saying it's the 
most important series of the year. But this one uh, in particular, we got four games. Where do the Yankees need to be going into the series, and where do they need to be coming out of the series, do you think, to have a chance at the division? Well, on a two-game winning streak would be nice. I, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's simple. They they got to win. Right now, they're three and a half games behind Boston in the East. They're three ahead in the first wild card spot. I, I mean, I don't think right now anybody has to worry about if the Yankees are going to make the playoffs. It's are they going to be forced into that one-game scenario or not. And obviously, any team is hoping to avoid that. Um, you know, you're at home. They've been playing good baseball of late. The loss last night against Kluber was tough, but what are you going to do when you got a perennial Cy Young winner on the mound? Um, they got to put together a string of a few good games, and with all these suspensions, you know, they might not be at full strength, which is an unfortunate time of the year to be in that position. But the bottom line is, whether it's these upcoming games against Boston or just the rest of the rest of September, they got to win. All right, so you, you you did mention that they might be shorthanded for the uh, series against Boston, uh, most likely because of suspensions. A guy that they're playing without right now is Aaron Judge. Uh, yesterday, uh, oh, mon- Monday afternoon, Joe Girardi said that uh, he needs to get uh, Judge a, re- a refresher, I guess was the word that he used. So he's going to put yeah. him down for a couple games and see if it uh, – gets him back on track. Do you think that this reset, for lack of a better word, will get him back on track for the Boston series? Or do you think that he'll just still be slumping when uh, he comes back on the field in a couple of days? You know, if you're Girardi, you certainly hope so. And there was also word that he's been dealing with some soreness in his shoulder and he's been getting treatment for that. So, you know, hopefully a few days of rest allows him to be at full strength. You know, and, look at his numbers since the all-star break and it's not hard to imagine that uh, maybe he's been a little banged up. Um, hopefully that goes away, but uh, guys, guys need rest, whether they're 25 year old rookies or, you know, 35 year old veterans. Uh, it, it helps everybody. So you hope to see him come back strong. I agree. And I think, I think down the stretch, they're going to need him to be strong. You can't have this guy, whether he's batting three, four, five, six, I don't care. You can't have a guy who has 37 home runs just completely be an automatic out at the plate. They need Judge just like they need Chapman to come back and 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 be strong and hopefully Canley gets his act together. But in a sense, I, I mean, you can you can look at this team in so many different ways. Uh, I mean, it, it's not a it, we say it jokingly, but it's like every other week you're you have a different feel for this team. One week, you know, they're the best Yankee team you've seen in, in, in years. And the next, you just don't understand how this team can, can not score runs or not win a game against a pitcher with a five plus ERA. As far as this 2017 Yankees team, chemistry wise talent, um, I, I know you, I know you work and you, and you write and uh, on some of the younger guys like the birds and, you know, um, Clint Frazier's and and all those guys. What do you feel about the chemistry on this team, the talent? Do you think they have what it takes to win the division? And and even, I mean, crazy, it sounds crazy, but maybe even make a serious run at a title. Well, you know, it's tough to say just because they are so young. And you said one week they look like, one week they look like they're great, one week they look terrible. That's 
what happens when you have a young team and when you throw in all the injuries that they've had this season and dealt with, it's, you know, I would say it's actually a miracle that they're even in playoff contention still. They've had 17 players on the DL this, this season and, you know, some pretty big names among them. But as far as the chemistry goes, um, and as far as the team itself, this is the most fun Yankees team we've seen since 2009, for better or worse. You know, there's always drama, whether it's a, whether it's a, Big walk-off win, or the bullpen blows something in you know unprecedented fashion. There's always entertainment value, which we we haven't seen since that World Series team in '09, um, and that's only going to increase as more and more of these prospects keep coming up in the next few years. Guys like Frazier getting regular playing time, Gleyber Torres, Miguel Andujar, all these young pitching prospects like Justice Sheffield and Chance Adams. Uh, so, I think. While they might not be the most consistent team in the majors right now, they're one of the best products as far as a fan's perspective goes. Can they make a run at it? It really depends on you know what kind of ball they're playing over the next month. You see it all the time. The team that's hottest going into the postseason, whether they're a wild card team or not, usually makes it pretty deep. I think they definitely have the rotation with Severino, Sonny Gray, and Masahiro Tanaka at the top of it to actually make a deep run. It matters if guys like Judge are hitting the ball the way that he can and how the rest of the lineup's doing. I uh, I agree with you there. And, you know, you're right. It's going to really come down to, to how this team performs over the next few weeks. Are we going to see the team that, you know, got off to a 21-9 and start? Or are we going to see the team that, you know, seesaw it all season and, you know, scored six runs one game and, and you know, won the next. Uh, I think it's no, really going to... Sorry, I, I, wrote, you know, I wrote last week that they're, and this was before all the suspensions hit, that they're getting healthy and deeper and better, at least on paper, at the perfect time with guys like Castro and Bird coming back last week, Tanaka and Sabathia the, the week before that. Hopefully Matt Holiday's back soon. You got more reinforcements coming with September call-ups. So now is the time for them to, you know, be that hot team that we saw at the beginning of the year. I agree. Um, I know you have to go. I know you want to get on the road here, but we we just kind of wanted to. I know you have a a, a bird article coming out that you wrote up on him, and uh, I think you're doing some work on Torres coming up. Tell us a little bit about your work with FanRag Sports and uh, Sporting News and uh, any upcoming articles us and our listeners can maybe keep an eye out for. So with FanRag, I am a MLB contributor. I cover mostly the Yankees, but I'll do some Red Sox work here as well if they need any help with uh, anything else going on around the major leagues. Yesterday I had a piece come out on Greg Bird and my editor basically pitched me on this idea, you know, how can he salvage the season? What can he do? You know, what do the Yankees need from him basically in the month of September for him to be a difference maker? And my answer is they don't need him to hit, you know, X amount of home runs. He doesn't need to have, you know, a month like like uh, Aaron Judge did in April or Sanchez did this August or last August. They just need him to be himself. And, and what I mean by that is, He's earned this reputation as an incredibly disciplined hitter. He gets on base. He takes pitches. He works counts. That's all, that's all the Yankees need from him. They just need him to be himself, 
So he used that approach that got him to the major leagues, basically. And you know, there's plenty of there's plenty of guys on that roster ready to drive him in once he gets on. And then for uh, for sporting news, um, I'm heading out to the stadium. Hopefully, again, weather holds up. But uh, I, I'm just working on a piece on Ronald Torres, and basically, I'm just kind of amazed that last year he makes the opening day roster. Nobody has any idea who he is. He survives the whole season. He's back again this season. He's filling in for Didi Gregorius or Sonalyn Castro when they're hurt. He's batting 300 now. And just, you know, wh- where did all that come from? Um, before yeah. the Yankees acquired, before the Yankees acquired him, he was traded once, designated for assignment three times, and claimed twice off waivers in one off season. And this guy just got by the Dodgers, the Angels, a few other teams. The Reds, I believe, drafted him. And here he is as this super utility guy making this huge difference in the Bronx. And at the same time, you know, he's tiny, he's goofy on the field and in the dugout. He's got this cult following among fans. So he's just become this really um, huge personality that nobody really saw coming. I think that's well, fascinating. Listen, he's on, he's on the perfect team because either either someone's hurt constantly or you know joe <laughs> joe doesn't let guys play more than three three games at a time it feels like sometimes he's always trying to rest someone so i mean he's 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 the best in the business at what he does me and christian have touched on that and you know i think our first podcast episode you you can really make an argument right now that Torres is the best at what he does and his role uh and he's on a right great now team. i mean this season nobody's nobody's having a better better year in the type of job that he does all right, Gary, uh, thank you so much for coming on with us, uh, fans. You can follow Gary at Gary H. Phillips on Twitter. Check him out uh, as he writes about the Yankees for uh, FanRag and the Sporting News. Gary, thank you very much for uh, coming on, spending a few minutes talking Yankee baseball with us. Chris, Christian, thank you guys so much for having me on. I appreciate it. We appreciate it, pal, and hopefully we'll be in touch in the future. Yeah, let's do it again sometime. All Take right, care, pal. guys. All right, so that was our interview with Gary Phillips. You can follow Gary on Twitter at Gary H. Phillips. You can catch him writing for FanRag Sports and the Sporting News. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, that Ronald Torres column that he's got coming out because a uh, b- big fan of Toe. He's he's just, he's a guy who like it's so refreshing to have him off the bench because you actually feel good about him coming into a game if he has to, you know? He was Yan- hitting, Yankees haven't had a guy like that in a, in a very long time. He was hitting 299 over the weekend and it probably dropped a and couple it's, points. But it's a legit it's, it's a legit it's not like a, it's not no, like a, it oh, the guy really doesn't have to. No, he he's played a lot of games this year and he it's a legitimate 299 because he played pretty much the first month of the season. He pretty much has played since consistently since the All-Star break. And, you know, Joe spotted him every once in a while for Headley, for Castro, for Didi when they all were healthy. So he's played a lot of games. Uh, I would ask that guy, Rye, for uh, Torres's, uh games played this year, but he's uh, he's absent this week. He's not here. We're still going to do his segment, so don't we're, worry. Yeah, we're still going to have Ryan on the farm a little bit later on. We're going to splice that in for you, but uh, Stat Guy Rye is uh, absent this week. So you know it's going to be funny? What's that? We're not going to tell him that we talked in the podcast about him not being here. <laughs> so he's probably going to start his segment like, thanks, thanks guys, and try and act like he's uh, 
So should we let him sound like a fool? Yeah. All right, we'll let him sound like a fool. All right, so one of the things we touched on with Gary, and you know, I wanted to ask Gary if he likes being called El Gary since it seems <laughs> to be a seems to be a thing, right? Probably not. El Gary. Um that yesterday, which was Monday, because again we record on Tuesday, release on Wednesday, Monday, Joe Girardi has decided that Aaron Judge needs to be refreshed, I think was the word that he used. I like the idea of it. I don't like when he's doing it. I think it should have been done a week ago or a week and a half ago. Um, No, a week ago. You said two weeks ago the other day, but it was really a week ago. It was really when everyone – it was going into the D- Detroit series and everyone was talking about dropping him in the lineup. I thought that was the time – I honestly thought it was after he went, I believe it was 1 for 12 against Boston. That would have been the time to do it. Well, after Boston, they went. Did they go to Detroit? Detroit. Was that where they went? Yeah. All right. So then you're right. That would have, Detroit would have been the perfect time to do it. Plus, they had off Monday, right? Yeah. Now. No, you're right. They, no, yeah, no, they, they played had... Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, because Boston lost that night to Cleveland. Yeah. And we picked up a game in the loss column. But that would have been the perfect time. You give him off. You give him off two. Maybe you don't even give him off Thursday. Maybe you don't have to, because you have the day off Monday. He misses a couple games Tuesday, Wednesday, just to kind of, just to kind of. Everyone keeps saying, you know, reset, refresh, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. I call it maybe start hitting the ball again when he comes back, and you know. I didn't I thought that was the perfect time. Not when you're not when you're coming into a series that is like the the prequel to to your entire season on the line. I don't I don't care. I don't want the Yankees to win a wild card. I'm I'm sick of thinking about them in a one game play playing like that. I want the division. I I'm there's too much on the line to go into a wild card game. So for me, the season comes down to winning the East. I'm perfectly satisfied if they win the wild card this year. Considering what I thought, I'm satisfied if they this... win the wild card game. Oh yeah, I think at this point they have to make it to an actual series. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Of course, I, if they're going to win the wild card and then win the game, of course I'm fine with it. All I'm saying is you can't be back on your heels and complacent and and satisfied with that wild card spot. You you want this division. You're you actually feel really good if you can win this division and have a uh, a series in the ALDS instead of having to worry about a one game playing and wasting whoever it may be, Severino, Tanaka, who knows, in that game. And knowing Joe probably blowing through three of your top five bullpen guys. Here's why I didn't like it that he did it against Cleveland. Cleveland is, you want to argue, Boston, Cleveland, Houston, whatever. He's one of the top three teams in the American League. Aaron Judge needs to be playing in these games. The Yankees could have won two out of three in Detroit without Aaron Judge. So that would have been the time to do it. It's on the road. You don't have to worry about disappointing the fans, which, you know, I know a lot of people don't want to think about that, but... Why are you gonna sit your star at home? These people are paying to see this guy play. I had a I actually had someone his friend was texting him, they were all excited last night because they were sitting in the bleachers and they got uh they got told they were 
being promoted to the judges' chambers. Oh, really? Yeah. So they were rooting for nobody at that point. Um, I was at the game on Sunday, uh, and we're bringing back irrational fan tweets for episode four. I'm making yes. that decision right now. I don't care what you say. If if that guy Rye was able to be here today, I would have had some stuff together. Even if he's not here next week, we're still doing it. One of us will read him and we'll react to him. But anyway, you want to talk about irrational fan uh, tweets or whatever you want to... Sitting behind the guy at the game Sunday that after Judge struck out with the bases loaded... Um, which seems to be his thing, but whatever, said to his buddy that he was at the game with that Judge would not make the postseason roster. Yeah. I know. You texted me. I wanted to vomit. So you're sitting in Yankee Stadium and you're going to make that kind of statement. People, that- are, people are so obnoxious. If you go on and read like some comments that people make, people are so obnoxious. The guy's going to be fine. Listen, maybe maybe he's not going to be a three three thirty hitter who hits forty home runs every year. But you know what? He really wasn't ever supposed to be. And he's, you know, there was so much hype around him. Of course, if Judge kept up with what he was doing in the first half, just picture this, right? What what Giancarlo Stanton's doing right now, which is absolutely unbelievable. That would have been Judge like a month ago if he kept up what he was doing Stanton Stanton really got you know Stanton cooled off for a while too boy he's got 50 home runs right now right yeah now he picked it back up so here's the thing with Aaron Judge right I don't understand and he did this didn't he do this the last time the Yankees were in Cleveland he sat him versus Corey Kluber because he didn't want him chasing Kluber slider Yeah. yeah So, in game one of the... Let's say the Yankees are in game one ALDS, and we might have brought this up before, and I'll bring it up again because it's it's a valid point. Yankees are facing Kluber game one, and Judge... What are you going to do with Aaron Judge? That's why why I can't stand when, like, Joe... Joe, Who did he say? Castro the other day? After his first game back? Or Bird? He sat Bird. Bird. Right? He sat Bird... It was after his first game back where he was successful. And the reason behind it, which I get, was that a tough lefty was pitching. But right now, you're talking about a guy who just came off his first game back since May. It was a successful start. And this guy's trying to adjust back into the major leagues here with major league pitching. And no disrespect to Andrew Albers. But he's Andrew Albers. He's not Chris Sale. So if you are telling me that Greg Bird can't hit Andrew Albers, then how is Greg Bird your your first baseman for the next time? Yeah, no, I know. That's what that's where Joe that's where Joe really annoys me. I I haven't been critical of Joe that much this season compared to what I used to say about him. I still can't stand some of the moves he makes. They baffle me. I have to eat my own words. My wife told me I had to also, uh, but I planned on it anyway because last week I said that moving Judge to the four hole was the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And it still is theoretically the dumbest thing. I don't understand why he would do it, but 
just like I said, Joe would get bailed out and it worked. It, it, he was hitting the ball better. He was getting on base more. And that's what frustrates me about Judge sitting now, too. I know he's not definitely, I know he's not out of this slump, but he's actually looked better. He's had better at bats leading into this series. All right. Yeah. Sunday, right? He struck out twice, but, you know, people will say, even Katie said it last week when we had her on, that it doesn't bother them that he, he strikes out as part of his game. But he still went one for three. He had a double. He walked a couple times. So, you know, maybe in Judge's mind, he's like, I had a good at, I had three good at bats. I got on base three times. And now is when I need to be refreshed. Yeah. It's, it's probably frustrating. But, you know. Do you think, all right, let me ask you this question before uh, we move on to something else that I want to bring up because I know it's going to, it's going to get you fired up. Um, We've seen it in the post game. Judge has repeatedly said it's not an issue. The left shoulder. The shoulder. Do you think it is an issue? No. Because I think even Joe came out or someone came out. Maybe it was Cashman. <coughs> Excuse me. They came out today, I think, and said, and just confirmed that it wasn't an issue. If this was an issue at this point with as bad as Judge has been, he'd be DL'd. It, it, it wouldn't be something... How conservative are the Yankees when it comes to guys being injured? But they didn't a guy could have another DL. Judge could have a hangnail and he'd be on the thirty day. But you've no you watch as many games as I do and you've noticed that Paul O'Neill's been pointing it out how he's been dipping his shoulder. So you think that an injury to the shoulder is leading him to have bad me- mechanics? Maybe he's favoring it in some way. I just I don't think it's DL worthy. I think I think the only time you're gonna you're going to sit a guy like you're going to DL a guy like judge is if he's truly in pain because of it. If he's swinging the bat and he's feeling pain, that's a different story. Uh, I, I wish they'd come out and disclose what's going on with it. I I don't understand what the big deal, what do you get a tattoo or something and it's swollen and he's, and he's icing it. Why can't they just come out and say that, What's going on with his shoulder? So no one has to worry about Apparently it. Or talk it's been about going it. on for a while now. When it, he's banged into the wall a couple of times, it's just uh, you know Joe says it's wear and tear or whatever. Great. Um, so speaking of guys with wear and tear, Sarlon Castro just came off the DL and like I said, record this Tuesday night. The game has been rained out. Sarlon Castro wasn't in the lineup tonight, and no. when I told you about the lineup, you were a little angry that Sarlon Castro wasn't in the lineup. These tonight. are the things where, that Joe blows my mind with, but again, I'll kind of touch back on it. What I was just saying, I've been a lot more laid back when it comes to hating Joe Girardi this year. I'm usually flipping out, but I think this side of me shows that when I would flip out on him, it's not that I was being irrational towards him i give him credit where credit's due and you know what at the end of the day he's taken some pretty bad teams and he's kept them above 500 every single year he's kept the yankees in it throughout so you know what there's no other there's no better manager out there that the yankees could get at this time so i've been a little more laid back when it comes to flipping out but he still blows my mind with these lineup changes i mean who's our who's our cleanup hitter Tonight would have been Didi. Okay, tonight would have been Didi. Who's been our cleanup hitter for majority of the season? 
Well, no, you don't know because one, no, one day well, it's Judge. No, it's and not two true. Weeks before it's when Holiday Sanchez, was healthy, it's and been Holiday, Holiday. Yeah, no Holiday, but Holiday can't play every day, so then it becomes Sanchez. But Sanchez needs to de- put a lineup together, put a lineup together, and stick to it. This guy, I swear to God, I, I don't have the time or the patience or anything to look at how many different... I would love to know how many different lineup configurations he's had. In fairness to him, though, this is the healthiest the Yankees have been since April right okay. now. But, so but that's, you, not my, that's not my point. So he's he's been mixing and matching because he's been missing guys. I don't care. You just, this guy just doesn't know. It's like he wakes up and he, and he just has something new. So, like, why does Castro have to sit today? Because he's protecting he 45 him. years old and he just came off a bad injury. Protecting him from what? From, from what? I want to know from what. <laughs> protecting him from what? Do The boogeyman? He's protecting him because he's been on the DL twice. Who gives, okay. So, so what? He can't. He's not going to come. Because he got this day off, guy, everybody, listen. Because he's getting a day off. That puts a, an invisible cloak on him for another two games where he can't get injured now. What Sometimes do? What's he going to do in the dugout, though? What's he going to do in the dugout? He's going to sit there and know seats. You know, you know just as well as I do that he would have given Castro the day off tonight, but in a big spot in the seventh or eighth inning, Castro's coming in the game. So what's the point of sitting him the whole time? And I agree with that. And I agree with that point because I think a guy is going to get a day off. He's going to get a day off. That's why Joe had to you go out of his You know why you pissed me off? Because you, you, you don't agree with Joe, but when I'm trying to flip out, I need you to just kind of understand what I'm saying and agree with me and just, but instead you try, you think I'm flipping out because I don't know why Joe's doing, I know why Joe thinks he's Sometimes I don't think you know why he does. You have to tell me that he's protecting Kesha. I know. I'm just saying, listen to yourself. He's protect. Oh, let's protect so him. So tonight they would have played. It would have been a sloppy field. Okay. Castro goes out there, rips up his hamstring, done for the year. Great. Then you're bitching and complaining that Castro that he played Castro in this game. Yeah, tonight. no, I'm bitching and complaining that he played Castro, <laughs> one of our best hitters, against a team that we need to beat. You're right. I definitely. Oh, would have why did he play out. Castro tonight? It's raining outside. That's what you would have said. Cutting this out of the podcast. No, you're not. <laughs> It's the same thing we go back to when CC came off the DL uh, uh, last week and he only threw 85 pitches. Oh, why does CC not go 100? Because he's protected him. Yeah. If the Yankees need CC Sabathia to make a run at this thing here. Yep. No? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. But because CC's like 94 years old. Oh, yeah, you're right. You don't care that he could get injured. Right. Right. Let Let me ask you something. He's protecting him so much. How many times has has CC been injured in the last couple of years? With CC's, all this protection, with all his protection. So if just think if he protected these guys, let less. me ask you another question. Uh, who else? Who else can we protect? That because all this protection, right? It keeps him off the DL. This team's on the DL constantly. It's someone new. So this protection is it doesn't do anything. Just let the guys play. I wish your parents used protection. Yeah, I don't have to great. have this conversation right now. Nice. <laughs> that's really nice. Speaking of guys that need to be protected, I just saw a tweet. Holiday told reporters that he's expecting to be back on Friday. Yeah. Are you excited? No. Why? Why would I be excited? Because the Yankees were mashing when Matt Holiday was healthy in this lineup. Okay. So when he comes back, if he's mashing, 
then I'll be very excited. I love Matt Holiday. Don't get me wrong. I love him. But apparently he's my wife's favorite player. She's got a thing for guys with bald heads. Yeah. Great. Good looking guy. Yeah, right. Whatever. Why doesn't he wear an undershirt? Because he's a man. <laughs> but if he comes back and he mashes, I'll be ecstatic. I've been saying this and you know, fans have probably heard me say, because I might have mentioned it on the last two podcasts, I think Matt Holiday not being healthy is one of the biggest contributing factors to them being an inconsistent offense in the second half of the season. Could be. Could be on and off the field, you know? I, I love I love Holiday for what he does off the field more than what he does on, but when he was when he was on fire, we've said it before, he was he was the heart and soul of the offense because he was right smack in the middle of it. You love Didi Gregorius. Yes. I love Didi Gregorius. Yes. One of the, in my opinion, one of the most underrated players in Major League Baseball because one hundred percent. We see him every day. We see how good of a hitter he is, we see how good of a shortstop he is, but he's not a cleanup hitter. He doesn't put fear into opposing pitchers. So there's a difference between him hitting behind Aaron Judge and Matt Holiday hitting behind Aaron Judge. Would you agree with that statement? Yes. Okay. So you're not really doing Judge a service by having, and this is no disrespect to Didi Gregorius because we just said how much we love Didi. Didi's not a cleanup hitter. You're not doing, you're, you're not putting your best lineup out there if Didi Gregorius is your cleanup hitter. No, you're right. You know who is a good cleanup hitter though, and he's he's hitting it a, a more than a handful of times this year. You know, I'm gonna drum roll it. Uh, Jacoby Elzer. Yep. Oh, Elzer, good job, Joe. Who else has he thrown in the? Oh, let's name all the cleanup hitters we've had because from what you just said, a cleanup hitter should be a guy who puts fear in a pitcher to throw better pitches to your best hitter, which is your number three guy, right? Wouldn't so you agree with that? Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, so let's let's. Let's think of all the guys Joe has put in the cleanup spot. Wouldn't you say that the cleanup spot should be more of a consistent spot I think, in the lineup? Here's what so I let's think. Go. I think no, one, go. two, look, before we get into that, one, two, three, four in your lineup should never, ever change. Those, the first four spots in your lineup should agree never with you change. More. Now, if you want to give a, day, a guy Joe's a day. Joe's going to rest the guy every single that's night. Fine. Right? He, that's fine. But his one, thing. two, three, and four should never change. Ever. I agree with you 100%. That's what bothers me about Joe. You want to mess with I, – I mean, I even think f- the five guy is a, is a key contributor, but you can mix and match in that sense. I think Didi's a great five hitter. I think Castro's a great six hitter. If Joe didn't have this thing about lefty – having two lefties in a lineup in a row. I would love to see Didi bat second in this lineup. I think he's good in that spot. But yeah. he won't do that because Guardy's no, got a leadoff. Uh, you want to talk about cleanup hitters? No, come on. So let's go. Starlin Castro spent a lot of time as a cleanup okay. hitter. Okay, who year. else? Holiday. Holiday. Sanchez. Judge. Judge. So uh, we're at four already. Four Four in a spot that you said shouldn't be touched. So let's keep going. Who else? Or we had Ellsbury in there. Did we say Ellsbury out of the four? We have Ellsbury, Didi, okay. Castro, Holiday, Judge Sanchez. I'm at six right now. Six. That's, six. That's fantastic. <laughs> Can we get all nine? I don't know. He Torres? No, totally. No, never no, 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 no. Yeah, no, that can't happen. I don't. I wish we had stat guy right here. Come on, Headley had to have. That's what I was gonna say. I want to know if Headley Headley's hit second, but I don't know if Headley ever hit cleanup this year. I'll tell you what. While while we go to Ryan and Ryan's segment here. I'm going to just go back to some of the earlier lineups real quick and see if when Headley was hot 
in that spot if Headley was uh because he would have done it in April. Right. So I'm gonna go April. back. I'll guarantee you Headley was in the fourth spot. So that would be seven, right? We're at, we're at definitely six right now. That would be seven. So did now Bird ever hit cleanup? He was batting. Have, he was batting have. third. He might, I don't have. know if he ever batted him cleanup. Let's let I'll give that a look too. But that would be eight. So that's a great job. It's a great consistent job. And we wonder why this team's so inconsistent. All right, live from satellite, <laughs> it is Ryan on the farm. What up, Ryan? Both the Double A Trenton Thunder and the Triple A Scranton Rail Riders clinched a playoff spot earlier this week. The Thunder have made the playoffs in nine of the last 12 seasons, and on Monday night, the Rail Riders clinched another division title, their ninth in 12 seasons. This upcoming Friday, September 1st, the Yankees will expand from a 25 to a 40 man roster, a prospect likely to get the call. Miguel Andujar, who had a brief but memorable stint earlier this year for the Yankees, going 3-for-4 four with four RBIs in his only Major League game this season. That was on June 28th against the Chicago White Sox. Other expected call-ups, amongst others, include Tyler Austin, Brian Mitchell, Jonathan Holder, and Ben Heller. That is all we got on the farm for this week, guys. All right, so uh, Ryan came off the farm to give us his report. Now he's back on the farm. So that's all you're going to get out of Stack Guy Rye for this week. But while uh, we were getting Ryan's information ready, uh, you found another interesting name that batted cleanup for the Yankees this year. I didn't have the patience to keep going through each game. Maybe I'll have something for next podcast with Headley as a cleanup hitter at all this year. If anyone listening... Wants to look it up and tweet it at us at NYY Sports Talk. Go right ahead. That'd be awesome. But uh, I picked picked up a gem. In one of the, <laughs> actually, in, in way too many games, this man was our cleanup hitter. Chris Kata. Just that name. <laughs> just that name sends shivers up my spine. We actually have a follower. If you, if you read their bio, it says... Uh, Something like award-winning Chris Carter hater. Yeah, two-time. Yeah, <laughs> two time, yeah, two-time uh, Chris Carter hater. So, just want to briefly touch on something that Ryan brought up. Uh, the Real Riders clinched their division on uh, Monday night. So, um, future's looking bright for the Yankees, huh? Yeah. <laughs> can we get it? Can we bring it up? Are these guys ready? Well, they yeah. all got a little taste this year. It's kind of nice. I mean, they really we, did. A lot of them did. We were down there a couple weeks ago, and you know, Tyler Tyler Way was not down there, but he's back down there now. I think that's good for him that he's down there playing every day because he was just he was rotting up here. Tyler Wade was a. You always hear like, "Oh, why isn't this guy up yet? He's doing so well," and the Yankees say he's not ready. Tyler Wade was the perfect example of a guy who has a lot of talent, you know, from what we've seen and what we've heard and him in the minors, but who just truly wasn't ready to take on major league pitching. Do you think he wasn't ready or you think that he just didn't play enough? Like with Torres here. Now I thought I, yeah, I think if he got more consistent playing time, he would have, he would have produced a little more, but 
it wasn't you can tell when a guy is rusty and when a guy just is truly beaten i mean he was just so he was so behind on everything i think his last hit was like he got lucky he like reached out for one and 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 blooped one or something. I'm or... not really ready to make any judgments on Tyler Wade because no, he, I ju- it was I'll, just I'll... so inconsistent his playing time. Yeah, no, I'm here. just saying I think he has a lot of talent. I don't think I don't for for the fan who doesn't really look much into the farm system, they're probably thinking that Tyler Wade's a bust. All I'm saying is I don't think the kid's a bust. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's got a lot of speed. Uh I think he could potentially be a player that could really help this team in the next couple of years. And I just wouldn't be discouraged just because he came up here and he looked like he, you know, should have been in high school baseball. I think it was just, I think it was just a matter of this guy wasn't necessarily ready to come up and, you know, they brought him up to fill in some holes and, you know, I think he did okay. Here's Not the, so here, much at the plate, but in here's other the interesting aspects. thing about Tyler Wade, right? Yankees were touting him in the beginning of the, the season, spring training, right? That he was going to be their super utility guy, like a Ben Zobrist or a Brock Holt type guy. But then Pete Cosma <laughs> oh my God. made the team over him. Did he bat clean up? No. No. Did he bat at all? Yes, Pete Cosma had like three at bats. <laughs> he was the, the worst. Um,. I'm just gonna can I I'm just gonna touch on something and we're kind of putting something together. I wanna I wanna tease it a little. We're gonna put together what is going to be the New York Yankees all bum team. Because there's so many guys that we mention, like the Pete Cosmas and the Chris Carters, that truly deserve recognition of just being a guy who was just disgusting. As a Yankee, like you, you just want to forget that they were there. So that's something we're gonna to put together down the road. Down the road, and we're gonna let we're gonna let the listeners vote on it. I can't wait to go through rosters of the last twenty years and just see all the just awfulness, just a littered trash of baseball play. Because there's been a lot. There's of been them. a lot of guys we've had. Think of a guy like Aaron Guile or Austin Kearns. Ugh. Latroy Hawkins, but here's the thing: like, would you put without going into deeply because we, you know, this is for down the road. Would you put Jacoby Ellsbury on that list? No, no. But he's been awful. No, but it's not his fault. He hasn't been awful. He's been awful for what the Yankees paid him to be. But he was never a superstar. He had one superstar year, and he's getting paid like that was his entire work of art leading up to his contract he had one big year and in in the reality of it he's an above average player he's he's a great center fielder he's an above average player he's not a superstar and he gets paid like one so of course in our eyes jacoby ellsbury is a bust in reality we got what we knew we'd get and you know what Putting aside what he got paid, what he gets paid, I think he's done a pretty good job. If he got paid what he should have gotten paid, you'd be sitting here saying Jacoby Ellsbury has been a great Yankee over the last... I would not use that word. Okay, very good Yankee. A decent baseball player. That's what I would use. Okay, so 
putting aside, no, I guess you could even say this year, if Brett Gardner was getting Ellsbury money, wouldn't you think Brett Gardner was a bust? A guy with all that speed who never seems to be able to steal a bag. There's just something different. This year, I don't care that he doesn't steal because he, because he's, you know, shown some power. But here's and a- I know what you're going to say, or at least is what I'm thinking. He's showing leadership this year in a way that we've never seen before. Not even that. Don't you think that Brett Gardner has a different connotation about him? Like he's a tough guy, or is Jacoby Ellsbury is a little soft? Yeah. So, you know, you look at those types of guys differently. Like, he's a guy making $153 million, and he's he's as fragile as a piece of wet paper. Yeah. Uh, all right, so, sorry to All right, so, what I, yeah, her. which we seem to do a lot of. But my original point was, is that Tyler Wade was hyped up as this super utility guy to be like a Ben Zobras for the New York Yankees. But they kind of already have one. Yeah. So, but do you th- does Torres become a guy that the Yankees can? I mean, for what if he does what he did this year, moving forward consistently, he becomes a guy that's a very valuable piece to maybe some type of trade down the road. I don't know what you can ever get for him. Though. I don't know. It, Hey, he puts up numbers like he did this year, gets the opportunity to play as many games as he did this year, and does what he d- did again. What do you mean? All right, you couldn't so, get a high, you know, a mid-level reliever. You know what you can get for him? Chase Headley, because the perfect guy I'm going to tell you is Jan Hervis Salarte. And he's he's a, came up, did the same type of thing Toe did. Yankees, you know, traded him for Chase Headley, and he's been a solid you know, run of the mill starting type guy for San Diego. Yeah. So you what do you so what are you gonna do? You're gonna ship off Toe? so if that's the case, if that is the reality of it, Torres is more valuable being on my bench than he is for for a for another chase. Alright, so then you you know, basically don't have a spot for Tyler Wade because how many super utility guys do you need on your team? Well maybe uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean maybe the Yankees' plan after this success is to to move him. If if they feel that bright about Tyler Wade, you're sure as hell not trading Tyler Wade anywhere. No, not off this year. He's worth. He doesn't have any trade value to. Him. All right. What if you added Aroldis Chapman to the deal? Bag yeah. of balls. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe you can get a fungal bat. Speaking. <laughs> Speaking of bobblehead. Uh, let, me, let me tell you a funny story real quick. I mentioned I was at the game on Sunday. It just happened to be a Roldis Chapman bobblehead day. Ugh. Uh, Were little kids crying as they walked through the door? Guy sitting uh, in the section over from where I was took his bobblehead out and Chapman's arm was broken. <laughs> Perfect. And the guy was screaming, no wonder why he can't get anybody <laughs> out. His arm is broken. So That's pretty good. Yeah. Is this the same idiot who thought no, Aaron a, Judge should be different, sent down? Different for... idiot. Different idiot. Great. I love going to baseball games, but you, you just you find a different class of idiot at, at these games. Yeah, you have the, uh, the Yankee fan who hasn't watched a game in 10 years and shows up to the stadium with their Yankee jersey on and Yankee shirt, and they listen to 
the fan on the way and they think they know everything about the team. So they make, they make, uh, statements like that. I've been to more games this year than I thought I was going to be at. I probably went to close to 10 games this year. I went to like three this year. And I was probably only figuring on going to maybe three or four. Every friggin' time I'm at the, the stadium, why do I have to be a part of the wave? It's got to stop. It has to stop. Listen, if you're listening to this and you're doing the wave, go stick your head <laughs> in the tub and let the scalding hot water run down your, your head. Okay? Because Unless it's a 15. I'm not going to do it even at 15 to 1 game, but at least I can ignore it. We've been to games where it's like 2-2, bottom of the ninth, Yankees, Red Sox, and the fans are doing the wave. You got to stop with the wave. I refuse to get up for the wave. Awful. I won't even do the wave at other sporting events. Like when I was at NXT TakeOver a couple weeks ago and they were doing the wave. I was like, I'm not doing the wave at a wrestling event. I'm sure as hell not doing it at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Awful. All right. So let's bring the show home. Uh, it's Tuesday night. We're recording this. No game tonight. Rained out. Tomorrow, Wednesday, you know, in between a doubleheader, maybe you can listen to the podcast. So there will be a... Uh, Single admission, straight shot, doubleheader, Jaime Garcia, game one, Monty's back up, game two. Kind of puts the Yankees at a little bit of a disadvantage if you were hoping they were going to take uh, two or three in the series after dropping game one. It's so hard to well, sweep doubleheaders. I was thinking, uh, I something hit me on when I was driving before. When the news came out, Monty was scratched from his start. And called back up. It really hit me. I was like, he's still pitching in in the minor leagues. And the Yankees are just blatantly choosing to go to a guy who isn't, in my opinion, half the pitcher Montgomery's been this year. No, he's terrible. I, I, what are they doing? What is their justification? They haven't come out and and, and said... That there's an innings limit on Montgomery, have they? They said it without saying it. around the it. bush. Yeah, they said it without saying it. There is an innings limit, but they're not going to okay, tell you so exactly you said, what it you is. You said this the other day. I'd rather have four great innings out of Montgomery than six crappy innings from Garcia. We haven't even gotten that from him. And I last time uh, Garcia started, I tweeted it, and I'm going to stand by it. If you're getting four innings out of that spot in rotation, I want Montgomery to give me those four innings. Because either you're going to get four innings out of Monty because they want to limit his innings, or you're getting four innings out of Garcia because that's all he can give you. So give me Montgomery's four innings. Yeah. I, I just, there's no way to justify it. And when there's no way to justify it, it just blows my mind. This guy's pitching in the minor leagues. Why? Because he was too good up here? Look at what he did as a left handed rookie. Who really doesn't throw hard and really had to be creative and had to be accurate and consistent to put up the numbers he put up. A guy who wasn't even on anybody's radar, right? And now he's just back in the minor leagues. You want to talk about demoralizing or or discouraging? There's no way to justify that in my opinion. I'm I'm upset if I'm him. Uh, you know I'm what? upset as a fan. If they're going to limit his innings... Because now I have to watch a guy named Heine. Heine. Take the mound. Wipe his Heine. Uh, so, you know, 
likelihood of the Yankees sweeping a doubleheader is probably pretty low, especially when Jaime Garcia is going in one of those games. So you know, it's it's a kind of it's a setback for them in that sense that you know it's going to take a lot to sweep a doubleheader. I think I think Montgomery pitches game one. Well, that's not what they announced. Really? I'm telling you what they announced. They they announced Garcia would go game one. Yes, if I'm not mistaken, and I'll go back at NYY Sports Talk because I tweeted it out when uh, the information was given to us that, here it is, Garcia game one, Monty game two. Dumb. You know what, I would rather have Montgomery go game one because I want to I win the first game. Right. And then Now what? Now what? Garcia is going to pitch game one and throw four sh- crappy innings and we dip into the bullpen and Joe starts worrying about, you know, should I use green this game or maybe we'd have a better chance in the night game. No, you pitch Montgomery game one. You hope you get out of him what you've gotten out of him all season. You hope he can give you at least five innings, right? You, I don't you, think that's too much to you ask. You can't limit Montgomery's innings tomorrow. It's too much to go I'd rather him go all out. I'd rather the Yankees go all out on Montgomery tomorrow and let him throw and then shut him down if they have to for the rest because of the year. Because you can't tell me that you're going to try to get 10 innings out of your bullpen in a doubleheader tomorrow. But a guy like Garcia, right, who's been so bad, hasn't eaten up any innings. You're going to tell me he's going to go game 1. Has he even gotten into the 6th inning as a Yankee? I he couldn't even get through the fifth last game. You're going to tell me you're going to throw him out there in a day-night doubleheader? It's not even a day-night doubleheader. straight through. Yeah. yeah. So you couldn't even... You really couldn't even use a guy twice if you wanted to. Uh, it, you're going you're gonna to exhaust the bull... And, and Joe will pull him when it's still a close game. So he's, it's not like he's going to be going to Shreve for a couple innings. He's probably going to go end up going right to Green. And then Green's going to be exhausted. I know why they brought Montgomery up. They want their top four pitchers in the Boston series, which makes sense. Uh, they want CC Tanaka, Sevy, and Gray in that series, which I have no problem with. But now with the doubleheader, you kind of might want to rethink that because these two guys are not going to pitch past the fifth inning. One, because the Yankees won't let one, and the other one is because he just doesn't have the ability to do so. Yep. Well... All right, so we're coming uh, to the end of episode three here and the end of the summer. Labor Day is the unofficial end of the summer, which will also mark the last time the Yankees and Red Sox see each other this year with a big four-game set in the Bronx, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We know the Yankees are throwing their top four. I'm not sure who the Red Sox are throwing, but I would be uh, shocked if Sale's not lined up for one of those games. He is? He is? Mm-hmm. Well, it's four games. I mean, unless he pitches, yeah, very good. Yeah, odds. Unless he pitches uh, Wednesday, he's he's going to show up. Yeah. So, right now, the Yankees lost a tough game Monday night. You know, after Little League World Series hero Todd Frazier comes through with that uh, hit to put the Yankees up two one, you actually had a pretty good feeling about that game. I know Kluber's still on the mound, but. You're hoping Severino can hold it, and he didn't. Yeah. I, I, again, and no negative feelings there. 
I think it was just a case of Severino getting beat by a guy who was a great hitter. But um, here's here's what a couple of people said before the game and after the game, and it's true. Kluber is probably the best pitcher in the American League. If not, he's the second best pitcher in the American League. He's the second best. There's no one who's even close to Chris Sale. Those two guys are on a level by themselves. Yes. And then Severino's on the next level. Right. And last night proved that again. Yes. That Severino's not on that level yet because he doesn't give up three solo home runs in that game if he is. I agree. All right. So the Yankees uh, somehow uh, Sunday afternoon found themselves two games out of the division, which was almost unfathomable when they were out five after the last Boston series. Now they're out three. Likelihood of them going into that series is either three or four games out. So next time we record a podcast, are the Yankees officially done in the division? Nope. No way. I'm very confident. I even if they go even if they end up going into Thursday four games out, I'm extremely confident. I think I think the Red Sox are are struggling. I think they're going to play back on their heels. I think the Yankees are going to come out and they are going to dominate. 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 Three out of four. All right, so you're feeling confident saying that the Yankees are taking three out of four, right? So let's say they go in four games out, which, you know, I think it's a likely scenario that they might drop another game because of the doubleheader and Boston's playing Toronto. So, you know, you don't know what Toronto's motivation is. At all times. Um, Yanks could be sitting two out in the last month of the season. Anything can happen at that yeah. point. I think I think as long as they don't get out of that series losing three out of four. I think even if they could stay at four games out, there's still a possibility. Oh, it's not likely. I don't think so. I it's think... not you're not gonna you're not gonna write home saying that they could still win the division. You're gonna be pessimistic but there's still a chance at that point if they go any more than that i would say it's almost impossible worst case scenario but within a week they went just like you said i mean with a month left four four games out five games out it's still possible yeah but they have no more games with boston left so now destiny's out of their hands and they have to rely on people helping them yeah so worst case scenario yankees wake up monday morning two games out that's the worst case scenario for them to still have a shot at this division in my mind. Three games is too much. Four games, it's totally over. Two games has to be the limit right there. Three, four games for me is they're probably just going to win the wild card. But anything could happen. Two games and under, I think they actually have a great chance of winning the division. We'll see. We shall see. We and it was funny because, you know, you just sometimes you just got to listen to John and Susan. They were cracking me up the other day. If it, was, it were up to Sterling, if it were if we were relying on Sterling, the Yankees actually would have won that game the other night in Seattle, like 10, 10 to two against Seattle. Apparently, he called two home runs, one being a Sanchez grand slam. That wasn't even close. The uh, Saturday afternoon game, I was trying to watch the game on the beach, but the feed wasn't coming through. 
So I just turned on the radio broadcast, and there they are. They they, they almost poke fun at poke fun at themselves because one of them said, uh, "Oh, you can't predict baseball," and the other one goes, "Well, where have you heard that one before?" Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so, all right. So, anything else you want to cover? Or are we done for week three? Please, if you got this far, follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Check out our guest, Gary Phillips, at Gary H. Phillips on Twitter. Give him a follow as well. He's working with the team very closely. And uh, please, if you're listening to this, iTunes, if you have iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. It's extremely, extremely important to us. Uh, we have appreciate all the support we've gotten so far. Yes. I mean, this thing is taking off. For us, we've, better than we could have ever imagined. We're two idiots sitting down talking Yankees, and we've had three very, very awesome guests. Not to mention that I'm a f- radio star in Cleveland. I'll tell you what, we dropped the ball. Maybe I, nah, we dropped we dropped the ball a little bit. We should have we should have contacted Munch. We should have, but you know, Gary, Gary reached out to us. So no, no, no. I'm, oh no, I was saying on top of Gary, I would never. I would never replace Gary for Munch. What I'm saying is we should have we should have had Munch on in addition to have him in our court since you went on the radio over yeah, there. Yeah, we you know what? Munch, I know you're not listening because why would you? <laughs> but maybe we could get him on for next podcast only if the Yankees take 3 out of 4. Why no, they're only why would he come on after the Red Sox series? Why not? We'll talk Cleveland Yanks. I'm saying if the Yankees are so fortunate enough to have a yes. playoff series against the Cleveland yes. Indians, Munch, you coming on. Munch. Munch. So, like I said, you know, iTunes, five-star review. All you got to do is click the fifth star and hit submit. That's it. You're already on there listening to it. Hit review. Click the fifth star. That's it. That's all we need from you. That's it. That's it. We play today. We, we win, win today. today. That's, That's it. it. So once again, thank you for listening. I'm Christian. Personally, follow me at Christian underscore NYYST. Follow the site where you're going to get all your Yankees news whenever anything drops on the website or the podcast. It's going to be first put up on the Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Chris, say goodbye. <laughs> Hmm! <laughs>